we were so annoyed. Remember, we're like, who's going to watch five hours of Stranger Things on Fourth of July weekend? Oh, do you want to know who? Me and you and everyone on Earth. That's who. Hey, everyone. I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2. They were smart to do it like this because it kept it in, like everybody was talking about it for so much longer than they would have been if it was just all at once. And this way they also almost guaranteed that everybody is watching the finale at the same time. Because if it took people a week or a week or so to watch the, all the first episodes, it would be so staggered and people wouldn't want to be saying things to the spoilers, but now it's only two episodes. Like anyone who's watching the show, like any actual fan of the show has already seen it. We're all talking about it at the same exact time. That is so true. And I bet it's 90% of the reason that they did it. I want to know what you thought. What did you think? What were your overall impressions of it? I loved it. I still thought it was 10% too long, just like volume one. Yeah. But other than that, I loved it. And I texted you when I started watching the final episode that I was so <laughs> pumped I wanted to scream. Yeah. And I could tell from the tone of your response, even though you didn't tell me anything, that you were disappointed somehow. Yes. So disappointed is too strong a word. I wouldn't say disappointed. I would say underwhelmed. And the reason is twofold. First of all, and this and this is the biggest reason, and I wish I could go back in time and erase it. The marketing leading up to this second part of the season being released from Netflix, from the actors, from the Duffer Brothers was like, the carnage is insane. Like the stakes have never been higher. Everyone's dead. We have f- five confirmed deaths of main characters. Who said that? The Duffer brothers. No. Yes, they did. I will find the clip and I will put it in this episode. Because <laughs> okay. they were like, five people are dying. And I just don't understand why they did, did five that. people die five people did die well f- four at least who, who eddie okay jason the doctor well did the doctor die yes okay the doctor papa oh, papa. oh, oh that, papa. That okay one. okay and there was someone else i just had in my head and now i can't remember <laughs> okay regardless totally fine the point will still stand they strongly implied that main and this is not to say like i'm not like dying for main characters to be offed it's not i'm not disappointed that everyone's still alive but i had a certain expectation for where the show was maybe going and what i got was a really great 
season four finale for Stranger Things that was in line with every other Stranger Things episode. And they had like totally, in my opinion, mismarketed this. I must not have seen as much of that marketing as you did. Well, even the I billboard. knew there was I knew there was going to be a high profile death. Yeah. But to me, Eddie is not a high profile death because it falls in line with every other season that's come before this, where they introduce a likable new character that they kill off at the end. Yes, absolutely agree. The high profile death in quotes is Max. She's not dead. We know she's not going to die. Which is another thing that annoyed me, to be honest. Because it just felt like, if you're going to make the choice, let's make it. Let's do it. I think it was a half measure that I didn't love. It's also not any real suspense. Because totally. once she's in the hospital, we know in season five, she's going to... A thousand percent. So if they were going to do that, I almost wish they would have waited until like the next season to show, I don't know, something there. Because you're right, totally no suspense is there because she's definitely coming back next season. Or leave us at the point where she dies and Eleven reaches out to try to save her. Yeah. And the screen goes black. Leave us there. Yeah. Although I loved everything that came after that, I wouldn't want to be without the rest mm-hmm. of it. That as far as Max goes. That's super interesting. So you liked the last 40 minutes of nothing that happened after they skipped the two days? There are a few pieces of it that I would have taken out, but overall, yes, I loved it. It felt like I was back in what makes me love the show. Interesting. The coziness and the dynamic between the characters. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I loved it. I really liked them going back to the cabin. I thought that was emotional. Yeah, I thought so too. seeing Eleven reunite with Hopper was everything. Imagine not having that. No, it's not about not having that. It's about the way they did it again. Because why did they skip two days? Because that's how long it took the boys to drive and get back to Hawkins. So I don't know. It just felt like they skipped stuff I would have wanted to see to then sort of meander and then come to a good conclusion at the last 20 minutes when they were at the cabin and all that stuff. It was anticlimactic for you. Yes. And I was not looking for that kind of ending. So I didn't care. I thought that like the buildup for this season has been so amazing. This has been my favorite season and still is. And I thought that the buildup was so good that the ending because I knew it wasn't I wasn't looking for an ending because I knew it wasn't going to be like that but I think they set themselves up to they build it so much for then what I got I was a I was a little just underwhelmed with what yeah. happened I thought it was so cool to watch the ground open up and to watch Hawkins turn that into the upside was down amazing that was so cool and all of them up on that hill of wildflowers and to watch it all start turning gray the whole thing like I've said a million times it was or it was drawn out It was too, Mm -hmm. each piece was too long. But besides that, I thought it was perfect. I hated that 
Vecna was lit on fire, shot to death, fell out a window and then disappeared. Like why go through all that then? Just just because they needed it, like, something. They needed like a like a yeah. crescendo <laughs> to the end of what was going on. <laughs> I don't think him falling backwards out the window is a crescendo, but I get it. Uh-huh. Um, I think Nancy holding the shotgun is the crescendo. <laughs> well, we need we see her do that in every exactly season, at yeah. least once. That was yeah. cool. I don't want this to sound like I didn't like it. I thought some of it was the best the show has ever been. When Steve tells Nancy he wants six kids. I thought he's dead. (laughs) I thought he already has six kids, which I know was the point of (laughs) him saying it, but Uh it was really cute. I loved them driving the RV. I wanted to be on it with them. Same. The vibes were immaculate in the RV. The the lighting and the way it felt, I loved every moment of you it. You love lighting. I, I love noticing wigs and you love noticing lighting. Did you notice any wigs? Because <laughs> there were some. <laughs> I actually, surprisingly, I didn't. Oh. Where did you notice them? Well, I didn't notice them. I just know that Eleven is wearing one the entire time. Oh. I, didn't really I thought that. about that. And decided that if she was wearing one, it was really good. It was. It didn't look like one. Yeah. I really, really loved that. I think they did Nancy and Jonathan justice. That it wasn't like he came back and she was just like weird automatically. You can tell that there's still love between them. Interesting. A lot of people, maybe myself included, but I hadn't given it a full thought through, was that it was a weird like resetting, but I guess you're right that it does fall in line with what would happen because he was gone and now he's not gone. He's back. The whole season, they had obviously been building this thing in between Nancy and Steve. So then for Jonathan to come back and then to just kind of be okay again, they just had him on the sidelines the entire season. And then he came back and it was like it hadn't happened. That's not at all how I took it. So you could to- you could a hundred percent feel the tension between them. You could feel all the things that were teetering on the edge and unresolved. You can tell that Nancy is realizing that the feelings she was developing for Steve are still there, even when Jonathan is back. And also, this is how it would happen. I I think in real life, if you've been with someone for a long time who you still love, mm-hmm. but you realize the relationship is maybe run its course for a number of different reasons. And then she's developing feelings for Steve. It doesn't make her feelings for Jonathan go away. So she's in an in-between kind of place. Right. And I think that was perfectly demonstrated. I agree. Why Hopper wasn't shirtless for this entire season. I don't know. (laughs) That's, that's the biggest disservice of this whole thing. I could have lived in the scene when they're talking in that church Forever. I, I could have watched seven hours of it. It felt so long awaited and so worth the wait. And I didn't know until a couple weeks ago that he had a huge crush on Winona in real life, like since the 80s. Oh Did you know that? God, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I think he said something about like how he can't believe that his life took him to a place where now they're love interests. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> So when he so when he kisses her for the first time in this season, I was like, you did it. <laughs> I loved it. 
I was pumped up. I was watching it with Anthony and um, I was like, Ooh, we're going to pause. We're going to pause the story right now so that they can have their moment. And I was like, I love that there's time for that. And he said, there's always time for this. Is what I, said. <laughs> <laughs> I was so disappointed that it was Yuri who used the flamethrower well, was and not Murray? Hopper like you. Oh, Oh, right. It was Murray and not Hopper like you. And I was so geared up to be right because Hopper's the one that took it out of the box. And then he hands it to Murray and I'm like, no, you were right in my yeah. eyes because that's what should have been. <laughs> it should have been, but it needed, we needed, <laughs> I didn't realize they were setting up an even better moment to have Hopper take a literal King Arthur sword and decapitate the last Demogorgon. That so was intense. They went up to me. I saw a comparison on Twitter where someone screenshotted the Demogorgon on top of what was uh, Joyce's boyfriend in season two. One, two, one. Bob. Bob. It was a a shot for shot parallel, exactly the same of the Demogorgon on Bob and on Hopper and then of Joyce screaming when he was on Bob Uh and then on Hopper. But with Hopper, she has that stake in her hand. Oh my God. That's amazing. Well, that's another thing that was incredible about both of the, about the whole season, but specifically in the finale, because of the way they had set the stories up, the editing was some of the best editing I've ever seen on television. They had so many match cuts where they were showing one story and then it would cut to the next story and it would be like exactly what's going on in that. I it was I was blown away. I caught so many that were amazing because they've never had to do this where they had in the climax they're all still separated. Usually they bring them together. And they did, so in a, they did in a way in the Upside Down, but they were still separated and they had to make it feel because they've never had to cut so quickly between the stories. They had to keep the momentum of every action sequence as it was happening simultaneously. When they are walking up to that house and that Journey song is playing, that I, I just got a, a whoever from chooses the, t- the music for this fucking show between Kate Bush and Journey and the Metallica song that Eddie plays, I know that this is not a movie, so it's not going to be in the Oscars. But give that person an Oscar. Let me tell you something. Those were the the two moments you just named: the Master of Puppets and the Journey song, were two of the best moments. I've ever seen in my life. Ever. Ever. On film. Ever. Ever. Eddie's standing on top of that trailer, playing the guitar, like screaming to the sky. <laughs> I, can't. I, can't. I can't. So many people are pissed that they killed him and I am too. We are too. Yeah. But they gave him a fucking send off. They really did. The journey song 
Cause I had seen somewhere that they were going to use it. And I was like, Oh my God, amazing song choice. It's so fitting. So with the era. And I was thinking like, they're just going to throw the song in there at the end in the credits. No, they're like, not. It's going to be a remix (laughs) and it's going to get you pumped out of your mind. It's going to have like a full body (laughs) orchestra and it's going to build in the slowest way possible with just the, just the piano synth at the beginning. I can't. It was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I know you're disappointed that they teased deaths and it didn't play mm-hmm. out the way you probably thought, but thank God that Steve is alive. Thank God. I will take it. I, t- it's yes. Like I'm happy they're all alive. I didn't want anybody to die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Cause especially when they killed Eddie, I had like a taste of what it would feel like. And I was like, <laughs> I won't make it through a killing of Steve. <laughs> when I thought Max died, Mm-hmm. It happened so quickly that there was still a tiny part in my mind that said, this isn't really happening. Yeah. But for a couple minutes, I thought, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is really happening. Uh-huh. And I was fuming. <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> but it does, the Max thing does bring me to a part that I still, I think we mentioned this in the first part. I still feel like the angry mob and the, and the Jason storyline, we just didn't need it. No. It felt, I actually was, I was getting so revved up and excited that that actually put me over into just anxious. I I was like, there is too much going on right now. We needed to take it back a dial or two. When he gets up there and he points the gun at Lucas, I was like, this is, I can't, this is too much. Yeah. First of all, I don't want to watch. No, exactly. That kind of person pull a gun on Lucas. Yeah. But also there's too much going on already. I can't handle this. And that ended up being the most like crucial part of the, what was going on. I need you guys to, to, to remove this from the plot and just (laughs) deal with this. We have enough supernatural villains. We didn't need a real one. Honestly, (laughs) when Max is dying and she says i can't see i had such a fucking trauma response that is so deep within me from my girl when he's in the coffin and she says he can't see without his glasses i it's (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's gonna take me some time yeah 
even though I know she's okay. It was a lot too much. And when they were in the upside down and he's monologuing to 11 again and, and everybody, it's the moment where you think like, Oh no, they're all not going to get out of this. I was genuinely nervous. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And something has got to happen because I can't live this way anymore. It needs to be where there's a turn in the fight somewhere because I, they all were at such a, a critical point that I couldn't live there anymore. And they spent like five, 10 minutes in that point. When Eleven has all those tentacle things wrapped around her neck and her wrists and everything. And then she finally gets her power, her strength back. I wanted her to rip out of them. Yeah. And instead they were slowly unwinding. It wasn't giving me what I needed it to give. Then they had Murray with the flamethrower and it was all okay. (laughs) When Dustin and Eddie were in the trailer, and the bats were attacking outside. It was so good. It was so good. And when he shoves the the metal um, shield that he made up into how the ceiling. That, how did that work? I think <laughs> we said the same thing. I think that the that the the metal on the roof was just so fragile that it that the spikes went right through the sheet metal and then okay. it just stuck there. When Max is having that conversation with Vecna and she's talking about how she wished that something bad would happen to him and then it did and that whole thing. Yeah. And then she turns to Lucas and he starts saying, Is that all true? You wanted Billy to die. Why are you talking? You ever have thoughts like that about me? Lucas, never. Normal people don't fantasize about killing other people, Max. You realize that, right? Lucas, please. I thought you were getting better. But you're not. Are you? You're sick. Lucas, you don't mean that. Maybe it is good he takes you. Maybe it's for the best. In fact, I'm glad it's going to be you. You will be the chosen one. The fourth, the final sacrifice. It's It's going to be you that breaks the world. That, I think, was probably one of the top two scariest parts of the whole thing. It was was actually so scary that it caught me off guard for a second. And I was like, is that Vecna? I was like, what's (laughs) going on? Anthony was like, it's Vecna. I'm like, are you sure? Like, It was so scary. I was like, this is not Lucas. He would never say that. <laughs> Don't you think the girl that Robin is in love with looks like her twin sister? Yes. And for some reason, every time we see her, I don't know who she is. Like when we saw her dressed (laughs) as Molly Ringwald in the uh, gun store, I was like, who is that? (laughs) I'm like, who is is that? Yeah, I definitely don't. Was she in season three? No, no, no. She's just in this season, but they've she's spoken to her a couple of times, like in the first episode and stuff. They saw each other at the pep rally. And uh, but I oh that's right. Every time I see her though, I don't know who she is. (laughs) I was so glad that Dustin had that conversation with Eddie's uncle. Oh my god, that was broke my heart when he handed him the guitar pick. He could have run, he could have saved himself. But he fought. He fought and died to protect this town. 
this town that hated him. He isn't just innocent. Mr. Munson, he's... He's a hero. And I imagine how hard that was for Dustin to do, because he probably wanted to keep that, too. Yeah. I was surprised that they gave Papa such, like, a an epic send-off. Yeah. It was surprising that we spent so much of that episode on him, and then he has such, like, a, a focused death. Like, there's so I much. I think because of how important it was for Eleven's totally. growth, right? Yeah. Absolutely. She played that really well. Really well. Because she, in a way, she hates him and she's been so deeply abused and traumatized by him. Mm -hmm. But she also loves him. Yeah. And has a really strong bond with him. Toxic one, but still. Yeah. And he's the only, before Hopper, was the only father figure she'd ever had. It's just so complicated. And she really, I think, communicated all of that. Totally. And the the moment where she doesn't give him the resolution of saying like i understand is i was i was surprised at the choice actually i thought that they were going to be have her say it at the end and i was like whoa when they have her put her his hand down it was yeah so what do you think about will i i don't know what i think about. do you think mike gets it now or no no still no no okay but jonathan does Yes. That conversation they had in the back of the pizza place oh my gosh, was so beautiful. And the way Jonathan let him know without saying it or forcing him to say it. And all it did was make me realize that I missed them. I just wish they had been included in the season like a tiny bit more. Yeah. It just felt like those characters were wasted. And Mike in particular, I was never like a huge Mike fan. But I feel like they kind of petered him out in a weird way. Yeah, I agree. He was like the lead. I mean, like they say, he's the heart. He was like the leader of the group, ostensibly the main character besides maybe Will, who was like the central focus of the show. Mike was like leader of the group and all that stuff. And it just feels like, I don't know, they didn't use him at all. It's very true. Even in this finale, when he is beside Elle, it still felt like weak to me. I don't know. I didn't love it. Although if we think about it, like... Mike was the one when L was tied up in the upside down. Yeah. Mike was the one to get through to her and mm-hmm. help her get her strength back. So in that way, he was pivotal. True. Yes. But it's still not. It wasn't it enough. It still didn't me. feel like enough. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that whole thing with her in the, the, in the tub in the in pizza the tub place. In the pizza, yeah. <laughs> I loved the outfit she was wearing. Mm-hmm. I thought that shirt with the little flowers on it was so cute. Uh-huh. Uh, the pizza, the glasses, <laughs> things to block the light out. I just love the whole thing. And that scene where right before she gets in, where her and Mike are sitting there at the booth. That was a great scene. It felt like OG Stranger Things. Yeah. It was like their little conversation. And then when Argyle comes over and gives them Hawaiian pizza and he's appalled and she's like, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. They start talking about pineapple and pizza and debating it. And I'm like, you guys don't do this. We've been through this, but who knows? Maybe it was, this was written four years ago. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be the eighties. They're not, they're, it's still an, it's still a hot topic back then. I guess. Yeah. But you know, that was a wink to us in the of present course, day. Yes. The trauma that I felt on behalf of you when Max is in the gym and the balloons start exploding with blood. 
<laughs> I didn't Day even... one listeners know that Alexa has a fear of popping balloons. Yeah. So not only were they popping, but exploding with blood. That scene was so cool. When she snaps in to the snowball, there was so much chaos going on. And then like, it almost goes silent for a second when she opens her eyes and she's in the gym. It was a really good scene. It was, I think, one of the scariest ones, the eeriest. It was, definitely. Did you notice any... Robin lines that were cheesy this time around because yes. I did. Yes. I wrote one down. One of them I actually liked <laughs> when Steve goes through the upside down and he like lands cool and she goes, Whoa, what does he want us to do? Applaud? But I actually thought that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> What's the one that you wrote down that you didn't like? I don't believe in a higher power or divine intervention. That was a miracle. Okay. I have something to say about this. I saw a video. I don't know if it's true. There is a scene in Pulp Fiction in which Samuel Jackson's character talks to John Travolta and they talk about how something was divine intervention and that it was a miracle. This was divine intervention. You know what divine intervention is? I think so. That means that God came down from heaven and stopped the bullets? That's right. That's exactly what it means. God came down from heaven and stopped these motherfucking bullets. I think it's time for us to leave, Jules. Don't do that. Don't fucking blow this shit off. What just happened here was a fucking miracle. A hundred percent. Yes, but without it, a doubt. It didn't feel enough direct enough. And the way she said it didn't feel like maybe it was done on purpose, but maybe it was. Let's. let's... It was absolutely done, done on purpose. I don't <laughs> doubt it for a second. I've never seen Pulp Fiction. Well, that's not true. Yeah, I've never seen, seen it beginning to end. Right. So I didn't know that. I would never have picked up on that. But regardless. I didn't I, pick up on it either. I had to read if it. it. If it was a wink to Pulp Fiction, I love it in theory. Uh-huh. But it still was. In, in experiencing it, I hated it. <laughs> oh, what did I do want to say? I was curious if you thought this, because as, as a diehard Star Wars fan, I should think it, and I think it's a stretch. People are like... This is the Empire Strikes Back because people are making comparisons because L is with Papa and he says, you're not strong enough. You're not ready. And then she faces off with the main bad guy and like loses, which is what happens in Empire. But I don't like it's not enough. I don't know. It just seems like a stretch and people are reaching for that. Yeah, I think that's the whole premise of the hero's journey, which right. obviously is what Star Wars is based on. But Star Wars didn't invent. It just, I don't know. It's like annoying me that people are so like, <laughs> it's empire. I'm like, it's not empire. It's like <laughs> any story where they don't want to end it right this moment and the hero can't be ready yet. Because <laughs> also Murray at one point says to Hopper, like, I don't know, Jim, I got a bad feeling about this. Oh, that's what we should look at. Stranger Things volume two Easter eggs. Oh, Oh, yeah. I was surprised you didn't bring this up. I thought you were going to. Oh, what? The Demogorgon Lab is a nod to Alien. Oh, yes. I did think about that. Oh, this is a specifically... Oh, that's cool. Specifically from Alien Resurrection, which Winona was in. Oh, and I haven't seen that. That's cool. Oh. Vecna getting shot several times and falling backward out of the second story window is from... Halloween. Also, just as in Halloween, the killer's body disappears. Yes, that does happen. It's already become like a sound on TikTok, but I belly laughed when. 
fine. We can't find anything. Seriously, what is all this shit? I mean, what are you even looking for? Madonna, Blondie, Bowie, Beatles, music. We need music. This is music. Died laughing. That was so funny. <laughs> I still really hate what they did to her character, though, Robin. They totally changed her from last season to yeah. this season. I've never loved a character so much and then so quickly turned to yes. disliking them. So because they without her doing anything wrong. Well, just, they completely changed her she, differently. Yeah. They just completely changed her personality. You know how you said in our previous episode about this that it was almost like her and Steve swapped places? Yes. I think you are really right. And I guess that's because they knew that if Steve was going to show growth and maturity to get back with Nancy, that it had to be that way. That but still, is... Robin paid the price. She did. Because <laughs> she was that cool, calm, and collected one in the last season, and they threw that away. I love Erica's addition into the group. I know she had kind of been incorporated in the end of season three, but she fits right in. It's amazing how they introduce new characters and and have them play, because you feel like all the roles in the group are already taken up, and then they bring in a new character that literally fits right in like they should have been there the entire time. Totally agree. (laughs) And she adds a facet that is so, it so perfectly rounds out the group. Oh, well, we didn't talk about how, how Vecna is the mind flayer. We knew that already, right? No, we didn't know that until, until this episode where he talks about how he like stumbled on to the, a power he didn't know and all that. I think we found that out now that now we're knowing that he has been the evil all along. So where do we think it's going? Because they, it was the first time we've seen it and not on a settled note. I think it'll be cool to see them all fight against Vecna and I'm sure the mind flayer will be back. I'm sure every version of him will be back, Mm -hmm. but we'll also see whoever stays in the town probably fight too. Yeah. It'll be on such a bigger scale. Oh, true. And I think that Will is actually going to be the one who ultimately defeats him. I can see that because I actually was thinking about how I wonder, because they've set it up where Eleven wasn't strong enough to beat him. I I was thinking about how, like, I wonder what they're going to have happen where she's going to get more powerful or like something has to shift because if she's not, if they're not strong enough to defeat Vecna now, what's going to happen in order for them to be ready. But maybe it's Will. Maybe part of the reason why Will can still feel him Mm -hmm. is because he has a little bit of latent powers like L. Oh, and maybe in season five, that'll be part of what happens. Like they'll realize that and L will be, the training training montage? will <laughs> yeah <laughs> like rocky he'll be running around <laughs> holding slabs of meat and and in the end l will be the one who does 95 percent of it and she'll probably be holding him there but whatever actual thing that is that they need to do to ultimately kill him obviously they'll discover whatever that is in yeah. season five i think will will be the one to do that wow because he's the one that kicked it off Exactly. I w- I am interested to see how they handle because they have mentioned that there's going to be a, a a time jump. So I wonder. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I wonder what I wonder how long it'll be because it's such an interesting thing that they would first of all announce it. Second of all, that 
they would set the end up in such a an ambiguous, easy lead in to season five for them to know that where we just saw them end in season four is not going to be where they pick it up is interesting. I think that's exciting. I like it. The only thing I hate about it is that that means it's coming out in 2025. <laughs> If it takes them three years to release season five, I actually will be glad. Because it'll mean that it's still here. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's like 20 episodes. Like, bring it back. Let's let's get a 22-episode run here. It better be. <laughs> Volume seven of season five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed this episode, please share about it on stories and tag us so we can say hi. And leave us a five-star review on iTunes and on Spotify. Till next time. Bye. Bye.